I have to be ready to have pillow lines on my face now for like a good four hours after my nap. I just don't have like that bounce back that I used to have. Hello and welcome to Green Room Door. This is the show where we love to go behind the scenes and talk one-on-one with artists uh, just to learn more about the heart behind the music. And we have such a good show for you lined up. We're excited. Um, And I should mention that this is um, season four, episode eight. And this, my friends, is the season finale of our fourth season of Green Room Door. Uh, Boy, it's been a fun season this uh, time around. And um, we're going to take a summer hiatus and then come back in the fall with more new episodes. In fact, I'll be honest, we have a couple of those up, um, a couple of those interviews already recorded. So I know we have exciting stuff on the horizon, but it is time for a break for the show. And I'll tell you a couple key reasons why. They're both really fun reasons. The first reason is my wife and I are about to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary this summer. Yeah! Uh, and we are so stoked to go on a little vacation getaway for our 20th anniversary in the beginning of June. Um, so that's one reason why we're kind of pushing pause on production. Uh, that's, that'll be just a, f- we're so looking forward to that, to be honest. <laughs> we need the getaway. It's going to be a blast. Um, the second thing is what's happening right before that vacation um, coming up later this month, with this is sort of our grand big announcement, is White Owl Music Fest. It's sort of like the biggest music party we've ever thrown, and we would love for you to be there if you can. Um, it's going to be an all-outdoor, safe, socially distanced music fest um, that is celebrating the return of live music. Have you been missing live music? <laughs> I know I have. And uh, it's going to be an epic day on May 29th featuring live music from Jars of Clay, Sandra McCracken, Royce Lovett, Taylor Linhart, Andrew Osenga, and a bunch more. You will not want to miss it. If at all possible, try to be there. I know folks who are driving hundreds of miles to be there. No joke. Because there's just not a lot of live music happening out there quite yet. I know it's starting to come back. But we're on the early side of this, and I think, boy, everybody is poised and ready. The artists are excited. The attendees are excited. We here at UTR are so excited. Um, I think the timing is just right. So we hope that you can make it, and we're going to make it easier on you, make it more affordable so that you can make it. Here's what we've got. Um, this, my friends, as we're releasing this show, we are three weeks away from the festival, and this is Mother's Day weekend. Now, if you're listening to this later, unfortunately, you might have missed this opportunity, but for uh, the early listeners of this podcast, um, for Mother's Day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, May 7th, 8th, and 9th, just those three days, we have a special promo code available that will take $21 off the full price ticket. That makes it even cheaper than the early bird rates. It's an incredible discount. Now is the the ultimate time to hop on and buy your tickets. Get $21 off. Um, and the promo code is MOM21, capital M-O-M-2-1. 
Use that promo code at the checkout screen and you'll save all that money. Where do you go to buy tickets or get more information? WhiteOwlMusicFest.com. And we'll link to that page in the show notes. Now, how does that tie into today's episode? Well, the band Wakelow is our uh, interview guest for the first half of the show. Um, and we're going to be talking to Sarah Groves on a 10-year flashback interview on the second half of the show. Um, Wakelow are just a fantastic new band uh, that's coming from Home de Peterson. Yes, Andrew Peterson's kids, um, Asher, Aiden, and Sky, they uh, are forming, they formed the band Wakelow um, during the 2020 quarantine and released an album in the fall, which is outstanding. And I'll, I will share with you that um, Jars of Clay was the very first band that I invited to be at White Owl Music Fest. Wakelow was the second band that I asked. And uh, unfortunately, they could not make it to perform at the festival for a very good reason. Um, Asher Peterson is getting married Memorial Weekend. Yeah, so cool. So congratulations to Asher. Um, and I'm sure that we'll we'll have them at future UTR events. But um, they're just fantastic. And we want you to get to know them a bit more. So stay tuned for the interview. And I'd love to put a little musical context on it first. So let's take a quick listen to a clip from one of the new Wake Low songs before we get to the interview. And you're resounding like a sigh In the violence of an autumn tide You feel the rhythm break the ground What you thought was hidden comes around And you're resounding like a sigh In the violence of an autumn tide You feel the rhythm break the ground Obviously, you guys have all been dabbling in music on your own, but what sort of made you decide to form a band? Um, So, like you said, we all do music already, and we've been wanting to do a project like this for a long time, but the timing never worked out. And so, during quarantine, we, we had the uh, opportunity to actually have a month together at home, you know, which is super rare for us to all be in one place at the same time. And so we kind of took advantage of that and uh, just decided to set aside three weeks to just record and write all of the songs. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. And around that time, uh, we had lots of weird weather at the, this spring in Nashville. Uh, there was like a tornado and a couple weeks after that, um, there's a weather phenomenon called a wake low, um, which hit Nashville, and we thought that was a cool name. And it also, that idea of a wake low actually kind of gave us a lot of the content for the record and um, gave us a vision for it. Mm-hmm. So it's something to like write for, I guess. So, yeah. So, speaking of writing, you all, all three of you guys are songwriters. Mm-hmm. So, how did you handle the 
the handling of the songwriting duties? Did you take turns? Did you work together? How did, how did that play out? So we blocked off about three or four weeks in my home studio. Um, and we had about 40 or 50 demos that, that we kind of, had kind well, of started. I feel like between all of us, we yeah. had like 40 or 50 demos. Um, and we kind of that first week, we're going to try to just narrow down to 12 songs, like an album's worth of songs. Um, so most of the songs on this record were already kind of ideas. Um, there were a few that we ended up writing together in the studio, mm -hmm. but most of them were track ideas and s lyric ideas and stuff. The process kind of changed over time and depended on each of the songs. But, um, I mean, for the most part, Asher would come up with a, had already come up with a um, production idea. And uh, either Aiden and I would work on like structures or melodies and uh, you know, Asher has a bedroom upstairs, so one of us would be in the bedroom while the other person was work like working on lyrics, and the other person would be working on, you know, uh, piano parts. Tracks or so it was really fun to kind of get to have like different stages, and mm -hmm. so we all, I think, all three of us kind of worked on a lot of different parts of the record. I mean, I would say you wrote most of the lyrics, mm -hmm. or probably seventy percent of the lyrics, and um, but I feel like you wrote most of the tracks. And I, I got to like work with the melodies a lot, so it was a, it's really cool to get to use all of our like specific gifting. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. You know, I think it's kind of fascinating when when the songs get sort of pared down to the final track list. Did you, were you guys surprised at all, or did you start to see like threads and themes and things sort of develop as like a as a single album? worth of songs i will say that like we were really trying to be intentional about like the arc of the record so like very early on in the stages of kind of mapping out the songs and figuring out what they were gonna look like or sound like um we kind of came up with a track list and so as we were writing lyrics and working on the songs we kind of were able to see the big picture kind of hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we almost every song was written in the context of the entire mm -hmm. album. Like I was, Sky and I were as we were writing lyrics, we're both thinking about where the song is going to fit in into the checklist, and um, so all of them we kind of gave a frame that mm -hmm. we tried to like keep it within um, and have like the album as a whole tell a story. So part of the tricky thing about uh the 21st century is that um you most people listen to singles and mm. the difference with this record and other records is we we wrote this to listen to from start to finish yeah so there are songs that are more song-like but mm -hmm. a, most of the songs are a part of like the bigger arc of the storytelling side of it um like that. yeah that's good that's good um is there any particular song that to you has maybe a unique story behind it or inspiration behind it or maybe we could do that for a couple songs if you want but yeah uh well how, how did we get here the song we played earlier uh was written about about five minutes away there's this uh what used to be beautiful farmland we we knew the lady who lived on it she it was a couple I want to say like 50 acres of beautiful farmland that I would drive by almost every day. And there's now a giant 
medical building that hmm. and it's all under construction there's like almost no grass it's all just like pavement and uh and so the first verse of that song started there um how did we get here um uh what oh it's easy hmm. to forget uh, on the field that i knew lies cheap cement and so that's kind of the idea of that whole song i think it's the song is kind of about the tension of like losing stuff being kind of right. in a place that you you know but you don't recognize because it's mm. been changed and like trying to live in that of like you know where you are um but also everything's different and so um yeah. kind of the idea of already not yet mm -hmm. being like the, the kingdom has come um but still this like jesus jesus hasn't come back uh, the second time and like so we're in this weird tension where it's mm. still a broken world mm. but mm -hmm. we still um uh, the kingdom is here at the same time which also seems super timely because of how many people's lives have been kind of thrown upside yeah. down yeah. in this last year um just you know having the familiar start to look very unfamiliar yeah yep. yeah that's great yeah. is there any other songs that you wanted to share about no pressure you don't have to just... yeah well curtains uh the first song on the tr the record, um, we kind of like sets up the the whole question of the album of like curtains is uh, I kind of imagine it being a character who decides to instead of feel the reality of the world, which includes pain but also includes joy, close the curtains and kind of live within your own little world. Um, and because that gives the illusion of safety. Um, but uh, throughout the course of the record, being confronted with, uh, it's impossible to, to, to live that way um, and not experience hardship, and um, but also the beauty of life. The light's too bright to know. I was trying to set up a, set it up as a question, um, so it doesn't resolve within the song. Um, but we tried to like kind of pay it off later in the record um, by realizing that by parting the curtains, by like actually living into the world, yes, you will encounter like hardship and like the craziness of like you know mm. a wake low of like crazy storms hitting and stuff, but also uh, encountering God's grace through that as well um, in ways that you wouldn't foresee. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, um, one more question. Yeah. 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 What, uh, what do you sort of hope the listener of the album, if they sit down and just listen from front to back, what do you sort of hope they walk away with? What are the feelings or the, the what do you hope is stirring in them? 
I would say, at least for me, and you guys might have a different answer. We've never really talked about that before. Uh, but for me, the whole record is kind of about learning how to see, uh, see like the beauty in the world, mm. despite all of the corruption of the world. And, uh, and so, and, and how did we get here? Um, it talks about how, like, it is every, like, beneath, uh, beneath the surface, is there more beauty um, than we can see? And so that's kind of what I want, I want people to walk away with, is that curtain can be torn in two, and you can see something very different than what's right in front of you. And there, there's, like, beauty and hope, even if you can't see it right now. It's just behind the curtain. Hmm. So that, that's what I feel like. I you think what, you said it great. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think I would add too much to that, um, but yeah, definitely just uh, giving ultimately a feeling of hope mm. and, uh, and pointing towards like wonder and beauty and yeah. the glimpses of um, what is to come. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for doing this. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, yes, they are so fun to talk to. Um, that is Asher, Aiden, and Sky Peterson, known as the band Wake Low. And uh, yeah, you can get their debut album simply called Wake Low. Um, the physical copies are at the Rabbit Room, and they are streaming on all major music platforms. And it's uh, really good stuff, as you've heard. Um, hope you'll check that out. And they were a part of our Backyard Concert Series. In fact, they were episode one, which we released last November. I think it might be our most viewed episode of the Backyard Concert Series as well. And it was their first gig ever. It was so fun to capture it. And they are so talented live. You can check out, we'll link directly to the Backyard Concert Series, which um, if you're browsing around, it's, it's on Facebook and YouTube and our website. So, uh, but we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, well, if you are looking for more gourmet music, you definitely should check out our Heart, Soul, Mind playlist. Um, we have over four and a half hours of gourmet music for you to enjoy. Uh, so uh, dive into that on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime Music. Um, we also have a White Owl Music Fest playlist where you can listen to music from the artists coming this Memorial Weekend to White Owl Music Fest. Uh, so check that out streaming right now. Of course, um, we'll be back here in, with the second half of the show talking to... Uh, one of the most critically acclaimed artists of our generation, one of the most renowned songwriters that we've ever featured. Uh, in fact, she would probably be on the Mount Rushmore of gourmet music. <laughs> we're talking about Sarah Groves. We're going to do a special flashback episode to 10 years ago. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and a lot of the interview has never aired before. So stick around for that next on Green Room Door. UTR's White Owl Music Fest is coming to the Nashville area this Memorial Weekend. It will be a safe, all-outdoor, socially distanced event so that we can experience the joys of live music once again. Be there in person for the best live music experience of the year. Featuring Sandra McCracken, Royce Lovett, Andrew Osenga, Taylor Linhart, Brothers McClurg, and several more. 
Plus headlining is Grammy Award winner Jars of Clay. Get your all-day pass for Saturday, May 29th. Or enjoy the full VIP weekend experience May 29th through 31st. Ticket info is at whiteowlmusicfest.com. Have you tuned into UTR's latest Heart, Soul, and Mind playlist? Here's what you'll hear. Check out a whole bunch of hand-curated songs on UTR's Heart, Soul, and Mind playlist. Available now at Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Prime Music. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Green Room Door on this, woo, season four season finale. Glad you're here. And um, one of our favorite people to interview in the history of what we do is Sarah Groves. She is gourmet music royalty, one of the best songwriters still to this day, and um, and always fun to talk to. She is a, a fantastic interview and, and likes to dive deep. So uh, we're not going to air this entire interview that we did with her 10 years ago. Yes, we recorded this in the old UTR studios in the summer of 2011. And, uh, um, and, and boy, we cover a lot of ground. A lot of it never has been heard before. Um, we used to do a, a music radio show called Under the Radar, and we would do these long-form interviews with artists, but then we'd only use little bits and pieces of those interviews to pop in between songs. And so we did that with her interview. But there's a lot of questions and a lot of pieces of this that never aired 
anywhere. So this is the first time it's being shared. And some of the interview we are purposefully going to truncate so that we can make it palpable and listenable for you. And some of the questions obviously um, aren't even all that relevant because there were like questions about Christmas, questions about us doing a, a Rich Mullins um, uh, tribute. And so we had some questions that were specifically designed for those. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting content, including just how she got started, um, just how her husband Troy has been such an important part of her becoming a musician full time. And we'll talk a little bit. You'll hear a little bit of conversation about what was her latest album at the time, Invisible Empires. And that album went on to become the number one gourmet album of 2011 voted by the UTR panel of critics. Um, So there's a, a little bit of conversation about that, but you'll learn a lot about just her songwriting process, what inspires her. It's so good. Um, and then after the interview is done and after we say farewell for the show, we're going to, we're going to play for you something you've never heard before. Um, unless you were at escape to the lake, uh, 2017, uh, was it? Yes. Escape to the lake 2017, Sarah Groves, Oh, it's take that back. It was Escape to Lake 2016. Sarah Groves was there performing live and um, we captured some of uh, her live performances and a few of those bits and pieces have been shared through the years. We're going to play something that we've never shared before at the end of the show. So stick around for that little gem. Okay, let's dive in again. We're going back 10 years ago with Sarah Groves. Kind of just going back to the very beginning, what was, well, I guess I should, should say, was music always an important part of your life? Yes, music has been a huge part of my life as long as I can remember. And um, I never dreamed in a million years I'd be doing this for a living, I'd be out making music um, as a career. I didn't know anybody who did music full time, so I didn't really have a inkling, you know, that that would be possible, but uh, music was a huge part of my family. My husband, um, well, when I, growing up, I thought it was completely normal that when you closed all, you know, got in the car and closed the doors that you burst into song. I thought that was completely normal till I got married to Troy and then he assured me that that was very (laughs) weird. (laughs) So I grew up singing with my family. No one is a professional, but they're all great singers and musicians and write music. My mom writes music and yeah. So when did you first know you wanted to do music as a full-time career? Um, well, you know, I, I wanted that, you know, <clears throat> sorry, as a little girl singing into my hairbrush. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, it, it's not just about doing the music. I had a really, I have a, a drivenness to communicate probably more than even music, um, to be an artist or to do music. I have a, a compulsion to communicate. And so I've always, even when I was really young, wanted to, you know, share my, you know, beliefs, my, my, my thoughts with people. And, um, so I used to preach into the mirror and, you know, so <laughs> would sing a song and then go into a little mini sermon <laughs> and things like this. And so, um, but also it quite normal. Yeah. yeah. Also <laughs> really normal. Um, yeah. So I, I want to communicate, you know, uh, I, I feel, um, more driven in that in that way so um 
I don't know. I guess when I was teaching, my husband saw it long before I did. He was encouraging me. We did a record, and I thought this will just be given to friends and family. He ordered a thousand of our first record, and I was furious with him. We had a huge fight because I was embarrassed. I said, "We're gonna have these boxes sitting in our basement. You know, people. We we only know we're only gonna give away maybe a hundred, three hundred at the most. You know, we're gonna be stuck with seven hundred records, just reminding me that." (laughs) You know, I don't know. I, I didn't see. I didn't think it was even possible. So the answer to that question is Troy Groves. He had always has mm. had a vision for me way beyond what I could see for my own myself, and um, and has from the very beginning taken up you know this um, a, a real conviction that this music needs to be out there, and he's he's really part of that. That's awesome. So when someone listens to an entire Sarah Groves CD from beginning to end, what do you hope they walk away with? Well, different things. Each record kind of, um, you know, I usually have a, when I'm working on, you know, a an, an record or even as I'm com- approaching a record, I have a set of thoughts that I'm, that seem to me unrelated. They seem to be just have a thought over here, have a thought over here. But then as I get closer to making the record, they begin to sort of orbit around a central thought. And so that thought has been different and it's been reflective of where I am and what's going on in my life. So tell me what you know was uh, a lot about social justice and responding to God's heart for justice. Um, Added the Beauty was um, uh, really a recovery record for me, um, coming out of a difficult time in our marriage, really difficult, weeding out some big bad habits in my own life, um, vices that I had just kept coming up, rearing their ugly head. And Different records um, have different sort of ideas in them. I always feel like I'm painting a fruit bowl, and in a record, I'm I'm painting it from all these different angles, you know. Mm-hmm. And I really like writing a song, having a lyric, and then repeating that lyric in another song or expanding on that idea in another song. Hmm. Um, you know, I like those overlapping moments where people think, oh, that's what she was talking about in that other song. That's good. That's good. Um, do you have any plans on recording new music in, the, like, the year ahead? Well, we've been we've been recording a new record oh, this okay. spring, and we've got a record coming out October eighteenth. So, oh, really? Yep, it's called Invisible Empires, and um, yeah, it's coming out soon. So, what can you t- tell us what to expect? Uh, the title Invisible Empires is from a song called Obsolete, and um, I'm I'm nearing forty, and uh, I think you know struggling as a as a woman. I mean. You know, if I take a nap, I have to I have to be ready to have pillow lines on my face now for like a good four hours after my nap. I just don't have like that bounce back that I used to have. Um, no, just little you know, little things are as especially in a profession where you're up on stage and you're, you know, you hope you, you don't want to care too much about what people think or what you look like or things like that. But I just started thinking about all the people who are sort of left behind in our. Um, there's such a, a frenetic surge right now of technology and everything is is just flying forward at such a pace. Um, you know, like the the gadgets that I own are obsolete within a matter of a year. They're obsolete. I went into the Mac store and I told the guy behind the counter, I know this isn't your fault, but I really resent the forced march forward. You know, I have literally have to discard my old stuff and buy all new and I think, where does that leave the poor? Where does that leave the elderly? Where does that leave people who, who aren't keeping up with this sort of massive, uh, you know, again, this frenetic surge? And I feel it in my spirit. I feel uh, like 
I'm not sure I was made to live this way. I'm not sure I was made to be so, have so much information coming at me. I can't, I can't concentrate on anything. I can't sort of focus on anything. So we, we've forgotten, I think, how to sort of, um, you know, be still and in some of these things. And so the record kind of, it revolves around that, that the song obsolete is just about feeling obsolete. And it asks the question, if I'm dismissed, you know, by, or if I feel dismissed, um, to me, the internet feels like walking through a hall of doors, just a million doors and looking in all these portals on all these people having fun, you know, Oh, look, Hmm. they're having, they're having a blast, you know? Oh, look what they're doing. Oh. And I just was talking with a real, a brilliant, uh, young single woman that I think is amazing. And she was saying, I feel so inadequate. The internet makes me feel so inadequate because I just constantly see all these things that people are doing. It's all, it's always in front of me. Hmm. And, um, so the, the record is kind of asking a question about, um, uh, it's looking at, um, the invisible empires that we're kind of building. We're spending a lot of time building these, you know, virtual worlds in a way. And then, um, it, this has a dual meaning, very artistic of me has a double <laughs> meaning, but then all the while God is really w- involved in this uh, very real invisible kingdom mm. that we can't see that I want to be about those things. I want to be rooted in this invisible kingdom that is so real and is so transformative. Mm. Yeah. As a songwriter, what are like some of the top things that you seem to draw inspiration from? I would say number one, conversations. Just I'm, I love to converse with people. I love to hear about what's going on in their lives. So conversations with the people in my life. Um, uh, secondly, reading. I'm a huge reader, and I, I read uh, a lot. And, and I just am inspired by stories. You know, I am, um, yeah, I'm inspired by stories. And the intricacy of the human, you know, machine just is amazing. Um, and how we interact with the divine is is perplexing to me and mm-hmm. something I like I always like to explore and um yeah that's that's the top two I would say I do listen to other people's music when I go to write though I try I don't as much because I I've I tend to feel um um I I don't feel I feel in, less able what's the right word <laughs> it doesn't it, yeah, yeah, like I, it, you know, I may like this girl looking at the internet. Sometimes mm-hmm. I listen to music and I think, oh, you know, should I be doing more like that? Oh, I mm-hmm. should be doing more like that. And then when I come to the piano, I think, you know what? I just have to be Sarah Groves. I can't yeah. be someone else. So um, sometimes that listening to other music, it makes me, it doesn't inspire me as much as sometimes it makes me feel like kind of all double-minded, like, I I should be doing this, I should be doing this, I should mm-hmm. be cooler, <laughs> I should be <laughs> somehow, I don't know, you know, yeah. you just, you, you kind of are hard on yourself, and you know what, I, this is what I've got, you know, this yeah. is what, not that I don't want to grow, I want to grow, I want to always be um, creative, I, I totally want to be creative and pursue creativity, but um, if I'm, you know, feeling like, oh, I should be more rock rocker chick or something you know then no that doesn't work it just yeah. you know it ends up making me i write songs that are dumb <laughs> when i'm when i'm in that mindset yeah tell me a little bit about um this idea of the art house twin cities and uh just you know i mean this is not gonna air like in the next few weeks so i mean yeah. you can just kind of talk mm-hmm. about maybe what you're hopes are and that kind of thing yeah well in 2003 Troy and I found ourselves at the art house in Nashville which is run by Charlie Peacock um, producer and musician and uh, his wife author Andy um, Andy Ashworth and they were um, 
uh, we were working on our record, The Other Side of Something There, and um, they live in a 100-year-old church, and they do, uh, the, the tagline of the art house is Creative Community for the Common Good. And their vision is to uh, resource artists with um, relationship, uh, re- actual resources, books and things, um, tools, conversation, uh, mentorship, whatever it takes to get artists to think about their role in the world, to choose to be this type of artist instead of another kind of artist, to, uh, to you know, not talk about marketing plans and things like that, but to talk about what is your voice and what is your influence and what, what might that look like. Um, and uh, and to inspire, they they've inspired Troy and I at an amazing uh, in amazing ways, and have mentored us over the years. So, right when I saw the the church and I saw that they were living there, but it was open. They have a lot of people in and out. Um, it's it's about hospitality and community uh, for artists and just for for folks in the community. I my heart was really stirred that oh this would be amazing. I would love to do something like this. And Troy and I have always worked together. And so three years ago, four years ago or so, I threw out just kind of offhand. I said, Charlie, there was a church for sale in, up in Minneapolis, and we were thinking Art House North. And and I remember Charlie got real serious, and he said, I would do that in a heartbeat. I would do that in a heartbeat. And so I went, you know, back to Troy and said, this is what Charlie said. You know, that's exciting to me um, that, that they would they would think about maybe, you know, because the art house up until a couple years ago was just the one in Nashville. Then they they branched out a couple years ago and started one in Dallas. They started an art house in Dallas. And so we've been looking for a place for for about three years. We've looked at mansions and dilapidated schools and all kinds of (laughs) things, trying to figure out what what is our art house going to be, what it's going to look like. And last January, we found a 100-year-old church in St. Paul, and we knew when we walked in that this this had the bones for uh, an art house north. So, um, you know, our 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 gifts are very different from Charlie and Andy. So we we won't even pretend to be them. Yeah. <laughs> we're not pretending to be them. Um, but we uh, we hope that we are, we're coming with the same heart to create community support for artists in our community, and um, and then great events as well for the for um, you know people that call themselves artists or not uh, that want to come out. So um, we're just we're in the building phase right now. We're renovating the church, and um, we'll probably be starting to do host events at the after the first of the year next year. Nice. Ah, that is so fun to uh, go back in time. That was a 10-year-old interview that we did with Sarah Groves in the old UTR studios in the summer of 2011. And I'm sure for most of you, the first time you ever heard any of it. So it's fun to pull out these gems out of the archives and unearth this great content. And you get to know a little bit more about Sarah Groves. And if, yes, of course, Art House North did launch in 2012 and has been going strong now for um, almost a full decade. Amazing ministry that the Groves are doing in St. Paul. And if you want to learn more about what they're up to and all their plans, I'm going to link to Sarah's website in the show notes of today's episode. Um, You can also uh, see um, a wonderful spotlight interview that we did with uh, her on video from uh, from about three or four, maybe four years ago. And that's um, both on YouTube and on um, our website. And you can just look up Sarah Groves spotlights or something like that. Um, you'll find it. Of course, we are so grateful for Sarah's whole career, which has been so meaningful to so many. 
Um, and uh, stick around because after we say goodbye, we're going to play a never before shared live music clip that we recorded at Escape to the Lake 2016. I have three quick invites for you. The first invite is to enter our latest contest, which gives you a chance to be one of three grand prize winners to win the new hardback book by um, hip hop artist Show Baraka. He saw that it was good. Um, I'm so excited for this book that's releasing later this month, but you can enter the contest right now and we'll be drawing winners in just a few weeks. Um, That's uh, a link in the show notes for that. It's on our website as well. Um, Number two on the list, we would love for you to help spread the word about this podcast. Take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on your Instagram stories or Facebook stories and um, and make sure to tag UTR Media um, when you do that. And it, uh, we'd love to um, help share and spread the word about this podcast. Um, number three, make sure that if you haven't yet already gotten your tickets for White Owl Music Fest, now is the time to do it, especially if you're listening to this uh, podcast Mother's Day weekend, which is when we're releasing this, um, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, May 7th, 8th, and 9th, you can type in the promo code MOM21, all capital letters, and you'll get $21 off the full price ticket. It's a huge discount and hopefully makes it more affordable and able for you to participate and go just to have this amazing celebration of live music just outside of Nashville on May 29th. Hope to see you at White Owl Music Fest, and the website for that is whiteowlmusicfest.com. Hey, this marks the end of Season 4 of Green Room Door, and we are so thankful for your support and thankful for the UTR support team for helping to make this show possible if uh, during our hiatus, if you missed any episodes from a season four, you can hear interviews with Eric Peters, Arthur Alleygood, Treva Bloomquist, Matt Wheeler, Kevin Max, Caroline Cobb, Charlie Peacock, Phil Keggy, The Arcadian Wild, Anthony Quails, and of course, our guest today, which is Sarah Groves and Wakelow. Uh, It's been a wonderful season of interviews, and we're looking forward to season five coming this fall. Hey, until then, make sure to stay plugged into the sister podcasts from UTR Media, the Gourmet Music Podcast, Good Patron, and next month, the return of the Release Date Podcast. Um, So, uh, yeah, we'll still have stuff coming your way. Um, I'm Dave Trout. Thank you so much for tuning in. Green Room Door has been a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org. Stick around for that live song from Sarah Groves up next. Anyway, I've been asking that, like, is there sort of a place for us, you know? And um, I would just say, yes, there's a place for the contemplative. I think that not everyone is wired to, con- to contemplate. And um, when you take the time to do that, to navel gaze and stare out the window and, and do all those things, um, what you bring back from your hunt is important. It, it feeds the community. And there are a lot of people who can't 
they just aren't wired to do that. They go to their jobs and then they put in your CD on the way home from work and something happens. They have language now for a feeling they never knew, you know, how to express or whatever. And so I just encourage you press on to that space that might feel sometimes like nebulous and what, what is it? What am I doing? You know, and, uh, but it's good. It's good. What we do is still good. Um, anyway, uh, so I wanted to ask Kyle to come up, and um, this is a song that helped me process. Uh, are, are you ready? Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I, this was a song that helped me process um, one of the biggest fights I've ever had with Troy. And I wish Troy were here. He's a, a delightful human being and um, the love of my life. And uh, he was my manager and percussionist for 16 years, but has taken a new job with IJM. And so... But this was, I wrote this, I remember bringing this into the producer and, and I played it for him and he said, did you write this 10 minutes after the fight? You know, and I was like, five. <laughs> <laughs> Pro 